Just Jesus. We love to hear from you. Again, welcome. Hallelujah. Be blessed the Lord. Welcome to the Liberty Church International. Let's just go for the Lord and worship. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you. We glorify you. We bless you for who you are. And we praise you for what you have done. Great is your faithfulness unto us. We give you praise now. We give you the glory now. Come on, open up your mouth. Heaven gives glory to the Lord. Angels praise him. We join in with the holy angels. Holy is the Lord God Almighty, that which was, which is, and which is to come. And we bless him today. Now let's go into prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you for yet our uprising this morning. Thanking you for who you are. Thanking you for being saved today. Thanking you for an understanding of who you are in this moment. Father, we pray prayers of blessings today. Bless those in leadership. Bless those in authority. Bless those pastors, apostles, teachers, even all the five-fold Bless those that are evangelists. Give them a word of evangelism. Bless pastors. Give them a word of exhortation. Bless the teachers. Give them a word without a comfort. Bless the apostles. Give them a word of correction. I pray now in the name of Jesus that you move over this nation and even over this entire world. I pray now that you would touch those that are in the hospitals. That you would touch those that have come down with viruses. COVID will not have the last say. The coronavirus will not have the last say. We proclaim the name of Jesus on the hilltops, on the rooftops, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. We bless you, Lord God, today, and we pray now that you would smile upon us. I pray now that you would touch those that are dealing with sicknesses in their body, that you would touch them from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. I thank you, Lord God, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that you are the glory, that you are the Lord to the glory of God the Father. I thank that the enemy is under our feet. We thank you that depression is under our feet. We thank you that racism is under our feet. We thank you that all the powers of the enemy that no weapon formed shall prosper. It is under our feet today. And we stop on it. We yell to the rooftops that you are God. And beside you there is no other. We pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you would save, that you would heal, that you would deliver, that you would call revival to stir up in the minds of your people. In the name of Jesus, you are not bound by time zones. You are not bound by zip codes. You are not bound by area codes. You are not bound by uh, city state lines. I thank you, Lord God, that you are omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. We praise you, Lord God, and we acknowledge you that you might direct us. We seek you first and the kingdom of God and your righteousness, that you would add those things which we need right now. That you hear us, O oh God. Your arm is not shortened that it cannot save, and your ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. I praise you now, O oh God, that you would bless those prodigal sons and daughters who strayed away, that you would bring them back home in the name of Jesus. I thank you that you're going through nursing homes, that you're moving through, oh God, hospitals, that you're moving even in places of incarceration. God, let your will be done. Let your power remain strong. Show yourself strong on our behalf today. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we look to the hills from which cometh our help, knowing that our help cometh from you. Who is the King of glory? The Lord God strong and mighty. Who is the King of glory? The Lord God mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. I feel the anointing. And the King of glory shall come in. 
We praise you, Lord God, for angelic support today. We thank you, Lord God, for the blessed of the Lord shall go forth resisting sickness and disease, that you are taking us to a place flowing with milk and honey, that you are causing us to expand and even expand our territories in the name of Jesus. Father God, we pray your blessing over the service today. Let your will be done. Let your voice be heard. Let your spirit speak. And we acknowledge you now that you would get the glory out of us from this day forward. We release all sin. We repent of all sin. We acknowledge you, God, to be God and God alone. Jesus, we surrender unto you. I feel a surrender in the spirit. Begin to surrender to God right now. Lift your hands and surrender to him right now. We surrender to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We surrender to the healer. We surrender to the attorney. We surrender to the doctor and the hallelujah, the sick room and the lawyer in the courtroom. Oh, God, waymaker. And I thank you that you are going to smile down upon us even now in the name of Jesus. One by one and name by name, household by household and person to person. I believe that you are going to do something awesome in our midst today. Give the glory, Lord. We praise you now. We acknowledge it and we declare it. We stamp it with the name of Jesus. It is in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen and amen. Stay tuned for more ministry. that the Lord is good. Don't play with him now. Come on and let me know that the Lord is good to you. Come on and put your hands on it right here.
and worship. Clear your minds of anything else.
Hallelujah. As we gather together, wherever you are, wherever you may be right now, whether you're in your home, your car, whoever you're with right now, this is one of the best Sundays outside of Resurrection Sunday that we can have. We, we are in a place where coming from resurrection and coming into this place of Pentecost. Jesus has died on the cross. Jesus has been risen from the dead. He walked with his disciples and seven weeks from the Passover, he, he had just ascended to heaven. And now we're in a place where he said, I'll send you a comforter. I'll send you a guide. I'll send you, I won't leave you alone, but I'll send you someone that will be with you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And because I go, I need you to know that I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I'm not going to leave you to fend for yourself but I am here with you I am here for you but there's another part of who I am that that is coming to you that will lead God direct he'll be your friend he'll be your advocate he'll be your counselor and this morning it's a sheer representation of that day so many years ago that the Bible said that there was the sound of a rushing wind that came through and the Bible said that it deposited what looked like tongues of fire on those that were there those that were believers those that were coming into relationship through Jesus Christ, those that were waiting to see power from on high. This morning with everything that has taken place, not over the last 90 days, but everything that has taken place over this week, the death of George Floyd, the incident with Miss Cooper, the rioting, the, the looting, but your people are simply saying, God, we need a sign from you. It's not by coincidence that this is Pentecost Sunday when we're in so much despair and so much turmoil. Where we as a people, as a race, are sitting there saying, God, do you see us? God, do you hear us? Do you hear I'll plead and, and I'm simply think about what Jesus said. I'll send you a comforter. I'll send you a guide. I'll send you someone to be there with you. So Father, on this day, at this time, and at this moment, when our hearts are heavy, where our minds don't know what to say, don't know what to do, We've been in a place of not being able to understand, being in a place of 
hurt, anger. We've been in a place where we simply don't know. But as a believer, I believe that you said you would send a comforter. You would send a guide. And right now, we need that power. We need that guide. We need questions answered. We need understanding. We need to be able to know who you are in this time. Your word declares where weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. But God, right now, we need your joy. We need your favor. We need your peace. We need your mercy. We need your kindness. We need your favor. We need your grace and we need your mercy right now. Hearts are heavy. But on this morning, at this hour, at this time of praise, we're submitting ourselves to you. Yes, Pentecost was a joyous occasion, but right now we submit our hurt to you. Wash us in your spirit. Let it fall fresh on this day. A day that is like none other, a day that we've never seen before. Let it fall fresh on this day. And God, we give you all glory. We give you all power. We give you all adoration. Shape and mold us right now in your image and in your likeness. Bring those that have heart and hearts back into a loving relationship. Those that can't see the hand of racism. Those that can't see to understand what we deal with on a daily. open their eyes oh God on this day as we worship as we adore you as we magnify your name open up the eyes of your people oh God no matter race nationality open up their eyes on this day and let's have a true experience with you now father hide me behind your cross so that your people will see none of me, but they will see all of thee. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. You are my strength and my redeemer. You are my joy and you are my peace. I find contentment in you. I find hope in you. I find joy in you. I find salvation in you. Lord, let this word be followed by signs, miracles, and wonders. Miracles right now. Wonders right now. Signs right now. That you still are God. And you have all authority and all power in your hand. It is in your son Jesus' name I pray. Let the people say amen. Amen. And amen. If you have your Bibles with you, lift up your Bibles and simply cell phones, Bibles, whatever it may be, and repeat after me. Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. 
Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As we give God a hand clap of praise, I'm excited about this morning. We honor God, we worship God, and we magnify God. And if you have your Bibles, if you have uh, your cell phones, your tablets, whatever it may be, I want you to open up your, your Bibles to Acts the second chapter. Acts the second chapter, and we're looking at a very familiar text. Acts the se second chapter, looking at a very familiar text, and it simply reads as this. Reading from the New American Standard Bible, it says this, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. I'm not going to jump through this whole text yet, but I want to simply preach to you, teach to you from this subject this morning, Pentecost. The comforter has come. And in reality, he has filled this house. I don't know where you're at. I don't know who you're with. I don't know what they might be doing. But I need you to simply look over and tell your neighbor, tell your spouse, tell your children, it's time to fill this house. It's time to fill this house, this house, this body, this temple, the body, the Bible says that we are the church. We are the temple of the Lord. We, we are uh, the embodiment. We are created in his image and in his likeness. And, and when we look at this screen and when we look at this text this morning, there is a major thing that has happened for the people that were believers, the apostles, the Marys, the, both the Marys, the Mary Magdalene, Paul, uh, not even Paul, but Peter and James and John and Thomas and all of those who were followers of Christ. There was something magnificent that took place on this day. But even prior to this day, there's scripture that talks about this place that, that Jesus had left them. This place where they had seen things going on. If you, I'm not going to pull it up on the screen, but if you look at Luke the 24th chapter in the, in the 49th verse, it simply says this, and behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Jesus was preparing them and getting them situated and told them that you are to stay where you are until you receive power, until you are clothed with power, until you receive a new garment, until you get into this right relationship and this understanding of the one that's coming, the comforter, the guide, the one that's there for you, the one that's going to be uh, the one speaking to you from those little recesses of your spirit and your soul, the guide who is the Holy Spirit and then if you look at Acts the first chapter in the eighth verses it says this but you will receive power once again there's that word power from uh, power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the uh, and even to the remotest parts of the earth and the Bible says that after he said these things he was lifted up and when they were looking while they were looking on and the cloud received him out of their sights 
And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was gone, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking in the sky? These Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. And then that brings me back to my scripture for this morning where we look at Acts, the second chapter. And once again, it says this, because I want you to really get hold of this text. It said, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And verse number two said, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting where they were sitting, where they were just relaxing. They were, they were communing with one another. They, they were all on one accord. The Bible said that they had begun to pray in the upper room, and they were all there, and they were praying on one accord. This morning, I really want to deal with these things because there are so many uh, thoughts about Pentecost and what Pentecost meant and how did we get to Pentecost and, and how do we identify Pentecost and what is the true meaning of Pentecost. So this morning, my two questions I want to pose to you is simply this. What was Pentecost and what is Pentecost today? What was Pentecost and what is Pentecost today. See, the, in the Greek, the Pentecost was the name the Greek-speaking Jews gave uh, the Festival of Weeks. It was celebrated at the end of the seventh week uh, after the Passover had happened. A week of weeks. So seven weeks equals seven whole days. But it was a week of weeks. So Jewish pilgrims and, their, and, and, and them from everywhere around uh, all gathered together to celebrate the Passover. It was a rite of passage. So now we were in a perfect place where Jews were coming from this place and this place and the other place and, and everywhere that they could possibly be from. And they got to a place of gathering here. Uh, somebody doesn't realize the, the spiritual ramifications of that. When we all gather together and when we all come on one accord, when we're all in a place of worship and when we're all in a place of understanding and reaching out to God, something miraculous is bound to happen. When you get together with two or three, when y'all begin to pray, shift begins to take place. When two or three are gathered in my name, the Bible says that there I am in the midst. So we had plenty of people at this place and at this time that were all there and they were ready for an experience like never before they were there to celebrate the Passover they were there to celebrate coming out but they did not realize what they were celebrating coming out was getting ready to come in when they were there to celebrate how we made it over how the Passover happened how the death angel did not come our way how the Passover took place from the blood of the lamb across the doorpost when they understood this they were in a place of receiving receiving and thanking God and worshiping God. Have you ever been in a place where you simply got to a mindset of saying, God, I just thank you for what you've done. God, you passed over me. Uh, the death angel passed over me. The penalties passed over me. Sin passed over me. My, my, my wages of sin passed over me. But I'm in a place where I simply got to lift my hands and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for bringing me through. Thank you, God, for bringing my family through. Thank you, God, for bringing my children out. Thank you, God, for bringing me through danger seen 
and unseen. They were in a place of worship. They were in a place of praying. They were in a place of listening for the voice of God to simply say, God, we honor you. Now, a lot of times as Christians, we get to this place of tradition or get to this place of complacency and we walk in the church and we're just so used to everything being given to us, so used to us being in a place where we receive that we miss the mark of understanding who God was in this moment and who God is in your life. You've been saved so long that you forget to simply say, God, thank you for waking me up this morning. God, thank you for giving me breath in my body. God, thank you for the car that I got outside. God, thank you for the use of electricity. God, thank you for my paycheck. God, thank you for the things that you've done for me in my life. If I told you my story, some of you all would never understand why I simply say thank you. But there's a praise on the inside. There's something on the inside of me that causes me to praise like never before. And this day of Pentecost represented that for the Christian community. It got them to a place of, uh, of what took place. They weren't going there looking for it to take place. But, but the greatest miracles come about in your life when you're unexpecting the things. When it's unexpected in your life. The greatest miracles. People that have come into your life that you never thought would come into your life. Opportunities you have in your life that change the whole course of your life and the course of your direction. Even as a child, there are things that have happened in your life that you will never realize until you get older that set you up for success in your life. Somebody simply say thank you God see what was Pentecost it was a celebration it was a celebration at this moment and a celebration at this time so once again it was a it was a perfect time for the setup of the Holy Spirit arriving on the scene we we know that Jesus would had been nailed on the cross we know that the disciples saw him uh, ascend to heaven we, we, we know all that happened and when he said I'll send you one some may have thought that it would have been a person some may have thought it would have just been an angel but when God said I'll send you something it's going to be something miraculous that shifts the whole program of your life. We're talking about disciples and apostles that were just normal men before Acts 2 happened. But once they received power from on high, they touched people and people were healed. Once they received power from on high, they begin to preach like never before. Once they received power from on high, we even seen Peter's shadow deliver people and heal people. Once they received power from on high, their lives changed. Somebody say it's time for a change in my life. It's time to receive something like never before see so many times we watched Pentecost and we had some denominations that don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit we got some people who don't believe in all that shouting and all that preaching and all that jumping we got some people that just simply say I ain't gotta do all that but this moment in time God said I'm I'm not worried about how you look dignified I'm not worried about how you act normally but I'm coming to do the abnormal in your life if you look at scripture with me I got a lot of scripture for you this morning if you look at Acts the second chapter looking at the third and fourth verse we already know that he ascended and he came down and then we see in Acts the second chapter the third and fourth verse and it says this and there appeared to them tongues of fire distributing themselves and they rested on each of them and they rested on each of them and it said it was tongues of fire but then it also says this and they were 
all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving utterance. As the Spirit was giving utterance. Verse number five, I'm going to read all the way down to the 12th verse real quick. It said, now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each of them was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, what are uh, why are not these the ones who are speaking, uh, ones that are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Verse number nine said, Parathenes and Meads and Elamites and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia. They were from all around and they had scattered out, but they came to this place. Verse number 10, the Pergetherium and the Paphium and the Egypt and the districts of Lydia uh, around Serene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and Protestants. They were all in this place and Cretans and Arabs. We hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. They were in this place, and verse number 12 said, and they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? What does this mean? And, and real quick, I, I don't just want to preach this thing, but I need to teach you some principles about this experience and teach you some things that were happening in this moment and, and, and help you understand. And the first thing I want you to understand is simply this. The tongues spoken in Acts 2 verses 6 through 8 were not uh, aesthetic speech or aesthetic utterance. The tongue spoken in Acts 2 verses 6 through 8 were a known language. How, how do I know? Let's, 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 let's have a little school this morning and, and let's break down some words. The word tongue in this place and, and when they said when they said in, tone, in, in, tone, in tongues known, excuse me, that word was uh, the, the Greek word dialecto, which means language, not ecstatic utterance. Yeah, I know we have this wonderful experience on Pentecost where we speak in tongues and we and, and we declare the word of the Lord. But there are moments when we need to really break down what happened in this place. The the tongues as an actual foreign language. The, there are four divisions of tongues which most people have never heard of and most people don't understand. And we're going to look at that real quick because I need you to get hold of this because I need you to know the experiences that you have, uh, whether they're uh, religious or are they actual experiences with God. Hmm. When we talk about uh, tongues and we talk about this, there are four divisions of tongues. And the first one that I want to talk to you about is what we see here in Acts 2, verses 6 through 8. The tongues of an actual foreign language. This is the first type of tongues we observe First, uh, that took place in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost. Number two, there is this, the tongues as a prayer language. 
Praying in tongues carries a different function in the spirit. Expressions come from the Holy Spirit as one way that he may pray through us. See, see, there's a time where the Holy Spirit prays through us and has a communication with himself that, that communicates so that nobody else can understand, so that the demons don't get wind of it, that demons don't understand. We see in scripture where it talks about this type of tongues and we look at that scripture in Romans the 8 and the 26th chapter for your reference. If you want to go look at that at that version of tongues, this notion is suggested once again in Romans 8 and 26. The third type of tongues that I want to talk about this morning is tongues for as a form of praise just as Paul spoke of practicing the gift of tongues as a prayer language. He also wrote about singing in tongues and praising God in the spirit. There comes a prophetic utterance when you're in the spirit that begins to open up your mouth and you can sing in an unknown language. You can sing unto God, but there's a prophetic utterance that comes from you. A prophetic word that begins to declare things over your life. A prophetic time and understanding where God is glorified simply through opening your mouth in song. That song this morning, the reason it was sung because it's a it's a, a calling card to God. It says, come down, Holy Spirit. It says, I'm here, I'm ready, and I'm waiting, Holy Spirit. It says, enter into this place, Holy Spirit, so that I can have an experience with you. It says, come down. Holy Spirit. Sometimes we got to simply say, God, I need you right now. God, I need you to come down off of the throne. God, I need you in my environment. God, I need you to shift things in my life. God, I need you to shift my experiences. God, I need you to change the course of some things. And I don't just want you to do it from your seat in heaven, but instead, I would rather, God, you step out of heaven in all your glory. Because when you step out of heaven in all your glory, you change change my environment you change my situation this form of tongues is made relevant in first corinthians the 14th chapter looking at the 15th and 16th verse but i'm telling you all this because i want you to be educated we know scripture teaches us to study to show thyself approve a workman who need not be ashamed but rightly dividing the word of God. And instead of us just always taking the advice of someone who was raised this way, someone who was taught this way, and it contradicts something else. And so now you stand by that word and you don't believe that the word of God says anything different. I'm trying to show you this morning that there are different levels to this thing of tongues. And, and when you get tapped in, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm jumping ahead of myself this morning. But when you operate and function under the guidance, under the leadership, under the relationship with the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you that he will use you prophetically in a lot of different ways. He will cause things to shift in your life because of the way you open up your mouth and what comes out of your language, what comes out of your speech. And the fourth type that I wanted to tell you about is this tongues with interpretation this fourth type of tongues is found when a public message occurs in a public gathering of the church and is given in the gift of tongues there comes a moment where there is someone there that simply god has given the ability to interpret what we're saying i i know we don't see a lot of that anymore but in the old church there was times where one person got up and spoke in tongues and one of the old mothers received the revelation of the interpretation of what was spoken in tongues 
tongues. It wasn't done for glorification. It was done because it was the revelation of God's word in the midst of the service. It was the revelation of what God wanted to take place in the system, in the church, and in this place. If you need some reference, and I told you I'm preaching and teaching this morning, that there's a book called uh, The Acts, The Gospel of the Spirit, that I invite you to go get. And I wrote, and there's an excerpt out of that book that, I'm, that I want you to see this morning. And, and I promise you I won't be long with you. I promise that I'm not going to be long-winded this morning and that we're going to worship God. But I need you to be educated about this Holy Spirit that's been lying dormant in so many of us. That's been just sitting there waiting for you to tap into it, waiting for you to accept the power of it. The Bible says, I mean, the book says this. The tongue spoken in Acts 2 and 6 is the story. In, in the story of Babel, humans use their logistics unity to unleash their pride, attempting to build a tower so high that it will reach heaven. In response, God produced a multiplicity of tongues from which confusion resulted. However, the contrast with Pentecost is not absolute. In Pentecost 2, God produced a multiplicity of tongues. For that reason, it has been claimed that Pentecost is not quite the opposite of Babel but in in reference a second Babel why because now they still had diversity in tongues but now they were all hearing it on one accord I'm teaching somebody this morning and, and in order to have the multitudes understand what the disciples of Jesus were saying the Holy Spirit had two options to do this get this one was to make all the Aramaic make all to uh, to understand the Aramaics the disciples spoke. So God could have turned it back and said, "You're all going to understand this one language." The other was to make each understand in their own language. I, I, I'm going to hold on there for a second, but I got something to say about that. Significantly, the Spirit chooses the latter route. This has important consequences for the way we understand the place of culture and language in the church. I told you I'm coming down somebody's street this morning. Had the Spirit made all the listeners understand the language of the apostles, we would be justified in a centripetal understanding of the mission. One in which who comes in are expected to be like those who invited them in. Oh, somebody missed what I just said. See, too many times in church, I'm, I'm going to park right there for a second. Too many times in church do we expect everybody to come in and conform to church the way we do it. Oh, somebody missed that. Too many times do we expect somebody to come in and sit like we sit. Praise like we praise. Worship like we worship. If that was the case on the day of Pentecost, he would have gave all of them the understanding of how Peter, uh, how, how Matthew, how Thomas and them were speaking. But no, he translated everything that they were saying in a way that they could understand. Somebody missed what I just said. And in, in order for God to get to you, he translates what he said in the way for you to understand. When you're going through despair, he changes the, the text meaning or he reveals the text meaning in a way that it applies to you when you're calling for the blessings of God he under he gives you the interpretation of the word so that it applies to your situation it doesn't just say I'm the head and not the tail no I'm the head and not the tail over my situation right now and God has called me to be that it changes the dialect and understanding of what it means to be a, a, a listener and an understander of the word so he changed the environment he changed it so that they all could get something out of it. 
Not only that, somebody say, Pastor, where are you going at today? See, however, because what the Spirit did was exactly the opposite, this leads us to a centrifugal understanding of mission, one in which the gospel moves towards new languages, new cultures. It is ready to take the form that are understandable within those language and those cultures. When the Bible told, when Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 28, uh, around the 15th verse, when he said, go into the world, making disciples of all men, uh, teaching them those things that you heard, seen, and witnessed from me. They couldn't just go and say over in Jerusalem, this is what happened. Then it began to get personal with them. How did we get here? How did we get to this place of acceptance? Because there was a power that transformed our thinking. There was a power that transformed our mind. There was a power that brought a man that died on a cross, off the cross and out the grave. There was something that should not have been customary done so that we could see the miraculous. Somebody say it's time to see the miraculous. There was a change in those languages and cultures. The book goes on to say this. In other words, there had been, an, if it had been an Aramaic only movement in the first century Palestine, Pentecost would have been a resounding no. If it had only been Aramaic, if it had only been this thing that 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 it transformed and related to them in the way that they uh, the way that it was spoken, uh, then then we would see, we would not see Pentecost the way we see it as today. But there was a miraculous experience. There was something that took place. Pentecost was a resounding no to that movement, and it is still a resounding no. It would have been the same thing now to any movement within the church that seeks to make all Christians think alike, speak alike, and behave alike. How many people say that I don't think like the person that I'm sitting right next to, even if I'm married to them, even if I'm in relationship with them, I don't have to think about God the same way, because they don't know what I came through. I don't know what they came through. They don't know why I pray so hard. They don't know why I worship so hard. I don't know why they worship so hard. I don't know why when a certain song comes on that tears just flow from down their eyes. I can't tell you about their testimony and they can't tell you about mine. So there has to be a difference in language understood from the Holy Spirit and how it gives utterance. Some of us can jump and shout. I, I can't dance. I, I, I can't dance, but, but my worship is authentic for me. I can't sing, but my worship is authentic to me. When I preach, this is my worship unto the Lord. What, what do you do as your worship unto the Lord that is unlike anybody else? No, I don't want to be T.D. Jakes. No, I can't be Jamal Bryant. No, but I want to be the best person to worship named Thomas Brockenberry II. When I stand before God and when I worship before God, my Pentecost experience changed the language and gave me an utterance and gave me a voice to say, I'm speaking the word of God. I'm speaking in a righteousness i'm speaking in holiness and yeah everybody may not understand how we speak or how we teach and how we praise here at liberty but you'll understand that it is the word of god because we speak it in season and out of season i don't speak anything that does not back up by the word of god somebody say that's how i speak that's that's how i speak and this other part it says the first translator of the gospel is the holy spirit when we pray what do we ask god to do reveal to us the meaning of his word. Reveal to us what he's saying in the text and reveal to us how he wants us to respond 
to his word and how he wants to respond. That last portion right there, just uh, I simply just want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is the, is the translator of things. So, so now I need you to get this. That what is the function of the Holy Spirit once it came into the earth? The Holy Spirit brings unity and humility. That day at Pentecost, it, it didn't just happen that they spoke in tongues. That day at Pentecost didn't just happen, but, but the church took a form, took formation. The church took an understanding that we're on one accord for one purpose in this season. That we're on one accord. That, 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 that's the problem. Too many of us don't want to be on one accord. We want to have our own thoughts and do it our way and have our own way and do it this way and have our way and do it that way. And when the Bible says that the church came on one accord, the Bible said even that day that 3,000 were added to the church that day. Why? Because they were on one accord because they came into understanding that Jesus Christ was the Lord and Savior, that Jesus Christ had ascended, that now comes the Holy Spirit and this spirit is going to lead and guide us and direct us. It brought on a spirit of unity and humility. Let's look at scripture real quick. I told you I got a lot of scripture for you today. And this, and, and this is in Acts the second chapter looking at the 14th through the 21st verse. It simply says this, but Peter taking his stand with the 11 raised his voice and declared to them men of Judah all uh, and all of you who live in Jerusalem let this be known to you and give heed to my word for these men are not drunk because the, they thought that they were drunk as they were speaking but he said no they are not drunk as you suppose for it is only the third hour of the day so get that notion out of your head that they had been turning up the bottles get that notion out of your head that they were acting crazy no this is a direct manifestation of God it goes on to say this in the 16th verse but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in scripture and it says this the scripture that he's referencing says this and it shall be in the last days God said that I will pour out what my spirit on all mankind it wasn't just reserved for some he said, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to tell you to reach over and touch your child right now and tell your children right now that in the last days you shall prophesy. That you shall, that young men shall see visions and old men shall still dream dreams. Uh, it's not too old. You're not too late to see the magnificent power of the Holy Spirit in your life. That your daughters and your sons shall prophesy. I don't care where they're at right now. They could be in the jail cell. They could be coming out of the crack house but if you tap into the power of the holy spirit and ask the holy spirit to fall fresh in your home to fall fresh on your child to change the environment and change the situation the bible said and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions how many people can declare that right now some people are seeing visions of what's taking place in the earth and i declare prophetically that you need to open up your mouth because the visions that you see even though it's contrary to what everybody else is telling you God is releasing visions through you and you gotta begin to speak that thing write that thing down speak that thing is not as though it were as, as speak that thing if not as though it were oh God and right now I need you to understand that God is shifting the environment he's using babes he's using children if he can use a donkey, if he can use, if he can use me, he can use you. If, if he can turn my life around, he can turn your life around through the power 
of the Holy Spirit. It goes on to say this in the 18th verse. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth my spirit. I don't care if you in bondage. God said I can bring you out through my spirit and they shall prophesy. I don't care if you where you at in your life right now. If you receive my son Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you receive the Holy Spirit into your life. I don't care if you feel like you're a slave to the addiction. If you feel like you're a slave to the bondage. If you feel like you're a slave to the persecution if you feel like you're a slave to the sin he said if you accept me i will pour out my spirit forth in those days and you will begin to prophesy prophesy verse number 19 said and i will grant wonders in the skies above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and vapor of smoke oh god i'm i'm just seeing this right there uh, again, and I told you God will reveal stuff to you at a certain time, and I will sing you signs on the earth below. I'm, 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 I'm going to stretch with this one. Blood, we, we seen blood shed this week alone. We seen blood shed out in the community and fire. They're tearing down stuff and setting things on fire. He said, "I will create. I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs." on the earth below what we're seeing right now in those last days that God is pouring out his spirit and he said there will be signs of blood and fire and vapors of smoke we see this in this day right now we we're seeing across this country that we live in not even across this country I read a text this morning that said that the that the uh, riots and stuff are beginning to take place in Europe God is beginning to release a word into his people that's getting ready to shift some things in the environment um, I dare somebody declare that it's about to be a shift it's about to be a change it's about to be something done and the Bible says in the in the uh, 20th verse the sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood and before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come and verse number 21 says this and it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved how many people can declare I'm ready to call on the name of the Lord I gotta get my life in order I gotta get myself in check I gotta do something different than what I've been doing I gotta get into a right relationship my, my, my mindset has to change and get back into this place where I'm understanding God where I'm learning of God I'm understanding his word and his power I gotta get back to this place today I gotta get back to this place right now I'm, I'm, I'm getting excited and I'm trying to teach this thing to you see understand this even as we celebrate today the filling with the Holy Spirit is separate from the baptism of the spirit i told you i'm trying to teach and i'm getting excited about teaching because but i need you to have some foundation on this thing the filling of the holy spirit is separate from the baptism of the spirit and if you look at second corinth or first corinthians the 12th chapter and the 13th verse it says this for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greek, whether slaves or free. And we were all made to drink of one spirit. It goes on to say in Acts 4, the 8th and 9th verse, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Ruler and elders of the people, 
He said this. He said, if we are on trial today for the benefits done to a sick man as to how this man had been well, he says this. He said in uh, Acts 4 and 31, and they and when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. We're talking about the indwelling and the filling of the Holy Spirit, how it operates and presents power. When we understand this, the Holy Spirit, I told you, it brings unity. And someone needs to understand that I need an experience with the Holy Holy Spirit, I dare you declare Holy Spirit sit on me right now. I dare you declare Holy Spirit take over my life. The Bible said, and when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered were shaken and they were all filled with what? With the Holy Spirit. They were already saved. They had already received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. But at this moment, at this time, they were filled with power. Mm. They were filled with an anointing. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak what? The word of God with boldness. Uh, most people don't realize that I'm an introvert. I'm, I like to be to myself. I don't talk a lot. If I'm around people, I can get in conversations and I enjoy conversations. But majority of the time, I enjoy being to myself and by myself. But there's something that transforms and changes when I begin to open up the word of God, when I begin to speak the word of God, there's something on the inside of me that does not allow me to be an introvert at that moment. It changes me to an extrovert. Why? Because an extrovert, I open my mouth and I begin to declare the Lord's word. I begin to speak what God said. I begin to operate according to what God's will is. I should not be educated enough to speak what God said. Yeah, I'm educated in the world. I'm educated in the street. But there is revelation that God gives every time I open up his word that my language shifts and my language changes my language transforms into what God has called it to be what God has called it to say when God opens up my mouth to prophesy it changes the dialect it changes the nature it changes everything that I want to say into what God says so now I'm no longer allowed to be silent but now I'm stepping forward somebody say God transform my language I uh, see with we are, he said they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Acts 6, 2 and 4 says this. So the 12 summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, it is not desirable for us to, de to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from you among you seven men of good reputation, full of what? Full of the spirit and of wisdom whom we may put in charge of this task and verse number four said but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word i know that's when we talk about the formation of the deacons and and their pro and their position in their place but the bible said that they all must be full and full of the spirit they they all must be full of the spirit see the if we understand that the filling with the Holy Spirit is separate from the baptism of the Spirit, the Spirit baptism occurs once for each believer at the moment of salvation. So when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, then you shall be saved. You, you, you are, you, you, the Spirit baptism, you're baptized into the Holy Spirit at that moment. But there's something different that changes and transforms you 
when that feeling goes from putting the picture there, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, it goes, it turns, it's different from just being fit to having the Holy Spirit to being filled with the Holy Spirit. I can sit there and buy a, a, a pack of Kool-Aid and, and see that I have Kool-Aid in my hand. But Kool-Aid in the pack is one thing. But when I pour Kool-Aid in the pitcher and then began to add my sugar and begin to add my water, it transforms something that, that I had initially into something that gives life and gives power. So uh, I know some kids right now enjoy some, uh, some Kool-Aid. Some adults enjoy some Kool-Aid. If you fix it the right way, I'm talking about the half a bag of sugar in your Kool-Aid. If you fix it the right way where you mix two flavors, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting excited about some Kool-Aid. I'm, I'm getting excited, but, but if, you ch if you understand that there's a difference in having the pack of Kool-Aid than making the Kool-Aid. It's a difference between buying a 25 cent pack that just sits there but then actually using the contents of the pack. Oh, I just said something to somebody. It's a difference when you come to the body of Christ and you accept Jesus Christ in your Lord and Savior and you say, yeah, that's wonderful and great, but it's something different when you begin to tap into the Holy Spirit to guide and lead your life. Oh, who am I talking to right now? For so long you have been a Christian, but you have not operated in power. So long you have been saved, sanctified, and called yourself filled with the Holy Ghost, but you have not activated the power that's on the inside of you. You have not surrendered yourself to the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. You have not allowed yourself to become who God called you to be. You, you're, you're, you've gotten a little scared of really seeing what God can truly do in your life. You, you've been okay with him delivering you out of certain mess, but when you understand your position and your assignment in the kingdom, you, you, you simply say, God, am I worthy of doing this? God, am I worthy of being who you called me to be? He said, you ain't got to be worthy. I called you and qualified you on my own. And if you allow me to work in you, if you allow my power switch to cut on in your life, then you can see something change. It's like buying a house calling the and never calling the power company. You got this beautiful house. Seven bedrooms, pool in the backyard, five different bathrooms. And you never call the power company to say, I need power. This day of Pentecost was their connection to the power source. Jesus had left. Jesus was gone. And now he said, I'll send you a comforter. I told you I got plenty of scripture. I'm not going to hold you too much longer. Just give me another couple of minutes. Give me just a few more minutes. Acts the 7th chapter, the 55th verse says this, but being full of what? Full of the Holy Spirit. He gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Acts 9 and 17 said this, so Ananias departed and entered the house and after laying his hands on him said brother Saul the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming has sent me so that you may regain your sight and what be filled with the Holy Spirit uh, Acts 15 9 and 10 says this but Saul who was also known as Paul filled with the what Holy Spirit fixed his gaze on him and I like this when Paul said and he said you who are full of deceit and fraud. 
your son of the devil, you son of the devil, you're in, you enemy of all righteousness. Will you not cease to make crooked the straight ways of the Lord? We, we, we see Paul at this moment where he's talking and he's, he's identifying. But before he could identify what he was coming against, what did the Bible say? That he was full of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, fixed his eyes on him. Sometimes you got to look at those demons, even if it requires you to look in the mirror of your life and said, God, I fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can speak to this thing, so I can shift my life. You got to begin to speak to some demons in your atmosphere and stop being scared of everybody that comes around you. No, we're not weak Christians no more. Because of Pentecost, we were filled with power. Because of Pentecost, we accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. We said that we honor and we work by the Spirit of the Lord, that we accept the Spirit of the Lord. And the Bible says that what? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. How do we pull down strongholds? Through the anointing and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Through how do we pull down strongholds in our life? Because we rely on the Holy Spirit who leads God's and directs us in our life. How do we rely on the Holy Spirit? By submitting ourselves and our will to the Holy Spirit. And then when we look at scripture right here, it said now in Acts 13, 9 and 10, and it said, you who are full of deceit and fraud, your son the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, you will not cease to make crooked the straight ways. But then it goes on to say this in Ephesians 5 and 18. And, and I want you to understand this because this is where we're going to park at and praise for a minute right now. It said, do not be drunk with wine because that will do what? Ruin your life. He said, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I need somebody right now this could that Holy Spirit fill me up. Holy Spirit, take over my life. Holy Spirit, I'm just about done right now. And I got you to I need you to understand this thing right now. There comes a moment in your life where you got to say, God, I haven't been doing it the right way. God, I haven't been acting the right way. God, I need something different. I need a new power source. I need a new activation. I need a new response. I need a new declaration. So God, fill me up. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Fill me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Fill me from the back of my eyes. Fill my mind up so that my mind can shift. Fill my heart up so that my heart can turn from pain to love. Fill my hands up so they can go from plowing the field to serving the Lord. Fill me up, Holy Spirit. Fill me up because on that day when they began to pray, I believe something shifted real major in their life. They began to say, God, what's next? Somebody declare, God, what's next in my life? God, I need something new in my life. God, I need a new experience in my life. God, I need a new salvation. I need to understand salvation in my life. I need to understand your power. So Holy Spirit, fill me up. Fill me up, Holy Spirit. The song said, till I want no more. Fill me up, Holy Spirit, so I can do powerful ministry. Fill me up, Holy Spirit, so I can cast out demons. Fill me up, Holy Spirit, so I can walk in integrity. Fill me up, Holy Spirit, so my life can change in the lives of those around me. Because if the Holy Spirit has filled you up, no matter where you go, there's something that shifts the atmosphere. That spirit that works on the inside of you can call out demons, can call out situations, can call out mess, can call out lies, can call out situations, can change the course of the enemy's plan to destroy your household. Because the Holy Spirit gives revelation. Somebody declare it's time for me to speak like he said. I need to hear 
hear a word from you, God. I need to hear your, your word in my life. I need to understand this thing. This thing has been boiling up on the inside of me. This morning, even when I prepare, when I've been preparing for this message, the enemy tried to fight me in all types of ways. Even when we started the broadcast today, the enemy tried to shut the broadcast down. I said, no, the power and the anointing of God stands firm. The power and the anointing of God is going to set the atmosphere straight. And when I stopped and allowed God, and I did not get in my feelings, but I allowed the Holy Spirit to do his work, it began to shift things around. It began to change the things around. So Holy Spirit, fill me up. I dare you to declare that over your house right now. Holy Spirit, fill my house. Yeah, my kid's been running through here playing trap music. Fill my house, Holy Spirit. My kid's been running through here saying all types of things. My spouse's been doing all types of things. The Bible said that a sanctified wife sanctifies her husband. And a sanctified husband will sanctify his wife. But you need the power of the Holy Spirit to begin to do it. Because you can't do it by yourself. Some of you got kids that's out here on the street right now. And you need a transformation to take place in their life. It's not because you're chasing them down the street. You put the Holy Spirit on it and let the Holy Spirit work. Some of you can't get past the sins that you have in your life because you have not allowed the Holy Spirit to take root and take effect over it. Some of you have been lying since lying started. Some of you have been stealing since stealing started. Some of you have been gossiping since gossiping started. But now you got to say, God, I need you to fill me up because I need to get rid of some things in my life. God, fill me up from the head to the toe. Fill me up from inside to out. Fill my my heart up fill me up somebody declare fill me up and because you open your mouth and make this confession you make this confession of faith Holy Spirit fill me up There's, the Bible says that God is faithful and just to perform just what he said he said my son died for you I gave my life for you now I'm coming to dwell on the inside of you I'm here to change your language. I'm here to change your power source. The enemy can't shut off my power. The enemy can't take what I turned around and turn it back to him. The enemy can't do that. Only you allow the enemy to have way and have lead over your life. But now you got to get to a place of simply saying, fill me up. Fill, fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. You don't have to be 90 years old to be filled with the power of God. 70, 60, 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4. The Bible says that when Mary was pregnant with Jesus, I'm going to show you, even a baby can be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that when she got close to Elizabeth, that a baby that was stillborn, that felt like it had no movement, because it got close to the master, because it got into the presence of the master. The Bible says that Elizabeth Rome jumped. Uh, somebody don't understand that there are some dead things. There are some pregnancies that, that are dead. Some things that you've been thinking 
thinking about that have been lying dormant and they simply need the Holy Spirit to connect with it. But you have been saying, I'm, I'm, I'm hurt, I'm broken, I'm dead. What about this thing on the inside of me? And God said, once you get close to me, I'll begin to give life to that thing that's lifeless in your life. I'll begin to change that thing that like you've never seen before. Once you get close to me, the Bible said that there was a transfer of the Spirit. Then we see this transfer come back to who it rightfully was. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming down and Jesus said, baptize me. John said, I'm not worthy to baptize you. Not worthy to lace up even your sandals. He said, baptize me though. He baptized him and the Bible says that heaven opened up and the father said, this is my son whom I, well who I am well pleased. But not only that, the Bible says the Holy Spirit descended as a dove upon the son. Ministry, power, anointing. So if it came down like a dove on Jesus, when Jesus left and said, I'll send you a comforter. I'll send you a guide. The Bible says that they began to pray. I want everybody to bow their heads and begin to just open up your mouth. Whatever's on your heart, whatever's in your spirit, begin to open up your mouth. What is it that you need at this moment, at this hour, at this time? Because when the church begins to get on one accord, God hears a sweet savor and he releases the provisions. One accord. With his word, one accord with his plan, one accord against the wiles of the enemy. When we get on one accord, we see what one accord looks like when we're angry, when we're hurt, when we're broken. We see what one accord looks like. What does one accord look like when you're worshiping? What does one accord look like when you need healing? What does one accord look like when you're trying to fix a broken relationship? What does one accord look like when it's your child? When we get on one accord, he begins to open up. When you're filled with his spirit, he begins to open up. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, as we worship you, as we magnify your name, on this day that represents Pentecost Sunday, there has to be a, an awakening with your people. There has to be a release 
with your people. Some are hurt, some are confused. Some don't know how to respond to situations that are happening in the earth, that are happening with their own life, that are happening in the media, that are happening across this country, that are happening across this world. But this time, like no other, is the perfect opportunity for us to get on one accord. So God, right now, my, 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 my request to you, God, is that at this moment, deposit into each and every person listening, into each and every whole represented, deposit your spirit in it right now, God. Not for show, not for anything but to draw closer to you. To know what your will is for our life. To give us a prophetic voice on one accord. We're not concerned about denominations. We're not concerned about what you've been taught. But right now, supernaturally deposit your spirit. Open up your people's mouth and begin to speak through their mouth prophetic word prophetic word prophetic word god that shifts the atmosphere that changes the environment that changes the mandate that the enemy has placed on their life that destroys the wiles of the enemy that destroys the hand of the strong man that destroys the imps and the demons that have been standing there saying you have no power god show your power right now Show your power in the earth right now, God. Shake the very foundation that the enemy felt like he built up. Shake it and destroy it right now in the name of Jesus. Shake it right now. Shake the very foundations of our lives. For those of us that have gotten too complacent, that have been too fattened, that we forgot what war looks like. shake the very foundations in the name of Jesus I declare that people are being healed and set free right now I declare that people are being healed right now in the name of Jesus that hearts are being mended that the principalities that's over this region and your region is destroyed right now evil forces in wickedly high places are broken down right now through the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Raise up Joshua's, raise up a generation of Gideon's, raise up Elijah's, raise up Isaiah's, raise up Elisha's, raise up Paul's and Peter's right now. In the name of Jesus. God, we give you glory. We give you power. We don't give you power, God, but we receive power. We give you praise. We give you adoration. We give you our all in the name of Jesus.
we declare it to be so. Now God, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice that does not know you for the saving help of your salvation, we ask you, God, right now to have your way in their life. Bring freedom to those that are bound. Bring freedom to those that have missed the mark. Bring freedom and understanding. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That person suffering with cancer that has not told anybody, lay your hands on your chest right now. God said, I'm faithful and just to perform it. He said, I'm a bomb in Gilead. He said, by my stripes, you are healed. Yeah, I know that you haven't told anybody you were going to suffer in silence. He said, but lay hands on yourself right now and watch my miraculous work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Young lady, stop taking the abuse from him in your home. It's your house. He told you he loved you. After he beat you. God said, declare my power in your house. And watch it shift. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the word of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous shall run into it and be safe. There is safety in his arms. He who dwells under the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. You shall say of my Lord that you are my strength and my fortress. In him shall I trust. You haven't been trusting him. Your life is not over. It's just beginning. That dead man has died and gone away. Now you are being raised up as his child. Jesus. Jesus. Go ahead and let it out. Go ahead and let it out. Each cry with each tear is coming out. It's coming out. It's coming out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you. We adore you. We magnify your name, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I dare somebody lift up your hands and just say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I receive you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I receive you, Holy Spirit. 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 Open up your mouth. Lift up your hands, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord God, strong and mighty. Who is the King of glory? The Lord God, mighty and strong in battle. Who is he? Lift up your gates. Lift up your voices, O ye gates. 
Hallelujah. 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 Deliverance is taking place right now. Salvation is taking place right now. Healing is taking place right now. Hallelujah. 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 Lives are being restored right now in the name of Jesus. Hurt is being wiped away right now in the name of Jesus. Brokenness is being repaired right now in the name of Jesus. Brokenness is being repaired right now in the name of Jesus. Your marriage is being restored right now in the name of Jesus. Understanding is being grasped right now in the name of Jesus. Your child is being set free from the hand of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. Your finances are being restored right now in the name of Jesus. Understanding is being restored right now in the name of Jesus. He said, whom the Son sets free is truly free indeed. You've labored, you've tarried before the throne. He said, I'm filling you up. Pastors, apostles, bishops, teachers, evangelists, the prophetic. Hallelujah. God is restoring you right now in the name of Jesus. God is restoring your life right now in the name of Jesus. He restored all the things that the enemy took, the canker worm stole. He is restoring it right now in the name of Jesus. You fail. You fail. You fail. But he said, get up. be not the voice of the one crying in the wilderness if I if I be not the son of God Jesus he said I am the first and the last I am the beginning and the end there is none like me in all the earth there is none like me in all the earth yes i hear your voice i hear the voices of my people hallelujah i hear the voices of my people and in this season where you think you are far from me or i am far from you I've never left you. I've never forsaken you. I need you to come back to me. Come back to your first love. Jesus. Hallelujah. Worship you, God. Worship you, God. Worship you, God. The anointing is flowing. The anointing is releasing right now. I can't go away from here. The anointing is releasing right now over your life. I can't go away from here. The anointing is re releasing right now. And if you receive it,
there's been a hedge of protection around you and your family simply because God is waiting for you to say yes to him. There are generational changes in your house sitting right next to you. But you have to receive. You have to receive me. just worship hallelujah let's just worship God hallelujah let's just worship him hallelujah you've played church you've gone to church now it's time to become the church because of you I live I live to worship you Because of you I live Because of you I live, I live To worship you There's a worship in your mouth He's calling it forward Because of you I live Open up your mouth And just worship for the day. I love you with the love of God. I love you with the love of God. I love you with the love of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 